welcome to the Carl Jackson Podcast. Today, I have a special edition that I want to share with you. It's with my interview with Howard Hewitt. For some reason, the video we recorded did not show me. Uh, normally, that never happens with Zoom. But for some reason, you don't see me. You see Howard the whole time. You will not see me in this episode for some reason. You will just hear me. And that wasn't by design. It just was... You know, I'm not trying to copy of Vlad or I'm not trying to copy comedy hype. It just happened to be that way for this particular interview. And I don't know why that was. So here's the interview. It was still a great interview. It's great to listen to or watch because you get to watch Howard Hewitt talk to me on the Carl Jackson podcast. So here we go. Let's check it out. I have a great guest with us today. Uh, he's an amazing singer, a Grammy winner. And he's huge, uh, uh, I, I call him legendary uh, solo artist, but also comes from a legendary R&B group that is still kicking and killing it uh, internationally. <clears throat> and I want to talk about that too when, he, when I introduce him because um, African-American groups <clears throat> do extremely well internationally and they are still considered high commodity like high style like they're still top 10 top five you know r&b groups over there and we want to talk about that as well would you welcome to the carl jackson podcast mr howard hewitt what's up man how you doing i'm great man how are you doing brother doing doing great man doing, doing really good good I'm, morning it's i'm good so morning. happy to see you doing this we were going to uh, do this in person, but we decided it probably made more sense to do Zoom because of all the pandemic stuff and stuff, yeah. everybody's still... perspective on, do you take the shot, do you not? So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like, it's, it's, I, I'm, I'm an advocate. If anybody follows me, they know that I'm an advocate of vaccines. I, I The question that I always ask anybody that's kind of leery about it i say you know why why haven't we had outbreaks of cholera yellow fever smallpox chickenpox mumps uh polio we can go on down the line and that's because of vaccines through the years i did um when when the when the vaccine first came uh, when they first started talking about it i said i was one of the main ones that was saying oh man there's no way i'm putting something in my body that they've only been researching okay. for. Okay, so you for, like me. <laughs> yeah, that, that they've only been researching. But once I, you know, and I'm, I'm a researcher. I'm, I read and, 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 I, and I try to find, you know, uh, uh, do my due, try to do my due diligence in anything that I do or approach. And once I did my due diligence and did my research on the, on the vaccine, I found that, that the vaccines, only 20 to 25% of the vaccines are based on research that, that came about during COVID-19. You know, 80, 75 to 80% of the vaccines are based on research that they've been doing for 20, 25 years, you know, and, and like, that's why, that's why so many people were freaked out in the beginning of this whole thing when you could read the back of a Lysol spray can and see, you know, it, it fights against coronaviruses. Oh, coronaviruses, see this, blah, blah, blah. They've been, you know, but that's why the reason why, because they've been researching this thing for years. They, they've been 
the flu is a is a is a is a form of the coronavirus you know so so like you know when we when when you talk about those kind of things it's like yeah and and you know but we're not talking about a thing that interferes with your dna we're not talking about all that kind of stuff people some people came up to me and said oh you know if you take the shot you know you're not human anymore give me a break you know and <laughs> and, and and like and like and also you know the, the tuskegee experiment and all that tuskegee experiment with experiment was a hundred years ago man you know so we're, we're we're trying to base something and for and and furthermore we're you're trying to put our our past type of sense into a situation that we've never come up against before you know so bottom line is like, hey, you're talking about I want to get back to normal. I want to be able to come into a studio and do a and do a, a do a normal interview. Well, we got to do what we're supposed to do in order to get to that. We got to put the work in. We can't. The fact that most conspiracy theories and misinformation is being targeted toward to the black and, and brown communities. Now, that concerns me. That concerns me. So let's talk about that. So <clears throat> I caught COVID, right? I caught it when it first came out a year ago and I, I was brutally sick. Like it was something that I don't even want my worst enemy to go through. It was horrible, horrific. Mm -hmm. But I did notice after I uh, got well, which took three months, three or four months to really mm -hmm. for it to be fully out of my system. Um, mm -hmm. I noticed that my immune system got extremely strong and I haven't caught a cold or got sick since. So what's your take on natural immunity for people who like me, who's like, I'm into the whole natural immunity. I care about other people and I don't want to get other people sick. So I totally get the whole vaccine thing. But if you have hesitation, the vaccine hesitation, and you really have seen natural immunity work, what would you say to those people like myself? Yeah, well, the, the, it's, it's a, the, and through the research, they found also that natural antibodies only la don't last more than like about three or four months. So, so you may be not, you know, experiencing whatever, but you're still at risk right now, it's you especially. See, every, people that aren't vaccinated are more at risk for me than I'm from than I am from them. I'm I'm triple vaxxed. You know, I, I when I was in England, I uh, I uh, um, I was I, I went to England. I, I think what the tour was uh, the middle got there in the middle of August and was supposed to, and and was staying and was touring until the middle of September. I was supposed to come home, jump on my flight September 15. September 13, I had to take a PCR test and what they call over there a fit to fly test. And, and my fit to fly test, my PCR test came back positive. So I had to quarantine in England, you know, for 10 extra days before I could come home. So, I mean, I was double vaccinated. And and another another um, um, person in 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 our in our organization wasn't double vaccinated, and 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 their PCR test came back uh, positive as well. So I had during the time of my ten day 
uh, uh, quarantine, I had a stuffy note, I mean, a, a, a fever. The second night in the into the quarantine, I went to bed, woke up the next morning, fever was gone, you know, and I had a stuffy nose, that was it. And, and the other person went through hell, went through the same kind of stuff you went through, and they were unvaccinated, you know? So, you know, it's like, you know, I, they got they got better, thank God, you know, but they had to go through all kind of stuff. Yeah, and like you said, it was something that you didn't you wouldn't wish on your on your worst enemy. Oh, absolutely so, not. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, you know, I, I say as far as that's concerned, that's the reason why that whole concept about, oh, let's everybody should get it, then we'll eradicate the, the, the virus. It don't work like that because the, the natural antibodies don't last long enough for that eradication to take place. You know, we need to be, you know, it needs to be a more consistent situation. So, you know, it's like, you know, that's, that's what I said. I mean, it's, it's, it's great and it's true. Yeah, once you, cause that's what you do as far as like when you vaccinate, when you vaccinate against uh, chicken pox or whatever, you actually shoot chicken pox into, into, into somebody's system. You know, that's called that uh, vaccine. That's what the whole concept of vaccines are. I mean, I, I, I remember in the beginning of, of the whole thing, somebody came online on, on my, because I do this FACC thing every, uh, basically every day. And somebody came on, you just don't understand, you know, they're injecting you with the virus when they do, when they, when you get a vaccine, they're injecting you with the virus. And I'm like, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's what vaccines are. You know, it's, it's, they inject you with this virus, whatever it is, so that your body builds up antibodies to this whole situation. And so, you know, and like I said before, man, I, 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 I encourage people to be, you know, critical thinkers for one thing, which is most important. And, and also to do, you know, research on this stuff, on anything that, that you're going, that you're, that you're uh, 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 interested in or, or got a question about, do your research. And, you know, it's just the, the way that this whole thing has gone down, the way it started with, you know, the, the, the people that were in, uh, in, in the office at that, at that time, that was the, that was the worst the, the very worst person that could be in charge of that sit of, of, of our situation when we came into this whole thing that was the worst person in the world that could have been you know in in charge because man I mean you know he politicized this whole thing he divided us his whole thing is about divisiveness you know so you know it's like and and that was the worst situation that could have been in in place at that time because we needed somebody with you know with a, 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 a already a plan you know which a plan was already in place but because that plan had Obama's name on it that plan got thrown out not because it was a bad plan not because it was something that was that wouldn't 
that wasn't good for the public, but just because it had Obama's name on it. That's the only reason why that plan was thrown out. The people that, that were in place around the world to, at, to, to, um, to um, you know, take action if anything like this went on, were, were disbanded. They disbanded them. They, they, they did away with those positions. So we were left like, you know, with our pants down and, and do knew what the what the um, what the dangers were with the with this whole situation, and didn't you know didn't 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 let us know what's happening. Just talking about it, they were talking about well you know we didn't want to panic anybody. Well you know you didn't think about trying to you know not wanting to panic anybody when you threw when you threw all those little idiot tweets out there. You weren't you weren't you weren't thinking about you know panic or nothing then. No, you were thinking political, and this whole thing should not be, should be so far away from poli poli from politics that, you know, do I trust the government? And I always say, I tell, tell people, do I trust the government? No, I don't trust the government totally, but government shouldn't have nothing to do with this. You know, I trust science, you know, I do trust science you know, and, and that's what I go by, you know. So let me ask you this. Um, uh, and for everybody that's watching, I've been very vocal about where I stand with the whole vaccine. I think vaccines are great. I think, but I also think that if given to the wrong people or in the wrong hands, you know, who do you trust? How do you trust it? So I've been very vocal and I'm not, you know, going to try to a pivot because you're here. Um, everybody know where I stand. But I do want to ask you, because uh, I think it's important that we have a dialogue. And uh, we, I didn't want to start the show this way, but I think this is great because I think it's great that we have dialogue about stuff that's important as well. Uh, for people, I'm very open about everybody's voice being heard and everybody's perspective. So I want to know from you, um, what made you trust that the vaccine was really what they say it was? Because a lot of people make points that they feel, as you said, it's going to make them a monkey. It's going to turn them into a zombie. What made you trust it? Because that's a lot of the hesitation is people just don't trust the government. You know, they, they're looking at their water and they, that they're drinking and it's not healthy. They're looking at the food, it's synthetics. Uh, GMO, HMO, PPO. So they're wondering how all of a sudden now you care about my health. That's where some people are thinking. So what mm -hmm. do you say to people that are, that are hesitant because of that they don't trust? Like for me, like I said, when, when they first started talking about vaccines and, and they started talking Operation Warp Speed or whatever, all that, all that kind of stuff, that's one thing that I do give uh, Trump you know, credit for where, where I've always believed that, that back, that, that medications and all that kind of stuff, you know, it, you know, there's, there's no, there's no cure in there's, there's no money in the cure. The money is in the treatment. You know what I'm saying? Say that again. So, yep, absolutely. Yeah, so, so like, you know, that, that's, that's one thing, but um, with me, like I said earlier, what made me look at the situation and look at it differently from when I, you know, when it when they start initially started talking about uh, a, 
vaccine and all that kind of stuff was my research. You know, I took the time to to research the lady that was, uh, I forget her name, the, the doctor that was in charge of the, of, of uh, you know, the development of uh, the development of the Moderna vaccination, you know, she was a sister, you know, and like, and, and the whole thing. So, you know, I, I researched her, I researched what the whole thing was as far as, you know, what was, what percentage of that vaccine had to do with you know, uh, COVID-19 and what percentage had to do with something that they had been doing research on for years. I, I researched the whole situation as far as like past, you know, uh, uh, viruses and, and that we've had in this country and how, you know, thank God we've been able to sidestep a lot of that stuff, you know. Nobody was talking about, and, and when you talk about mandates, you know, it was a mandate back in the day. You couldn't go to school. You couldn't go to school unless no, you I had to get shots. I remember I had to get first grade. Uh, yeah, that took me. We got ice cream afterwards. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And and no, when when nobody running around talking about well, what's in it? I'm not saying that people shouldn't question certain things, but you know, and and this and this, you know, certainly. Uh, um, warranted people to question things but but if you do your due diligence and don't listen to the conspiracy theories out there and don't listen to you know the misinformation the the, the tons of misinformation that's out there and you go in and do your due diligence uh, that's what made me say okay i'm gonna take this i'm, I'm gonna do this because for one thing it protects me from uh, protects other people from me. One of the, one of the main things that that I uh, talked about uh, in the beginning of this thing was, you know, I, I posed a question. I said, you know, it's a simple question: Am I my brother's keeper? You know, yes, I am. I am my brother's keeper. We are each other's keeper. That's we dope. are in this world. We're in this world together. You know, you can't just, you can't just look at you, you know, you look at what your, you know, people around you, your family, your friends, friends that go into, into places that you, that you don't even know, you know, this whole thing, this whole thing can like, you know, spread from one, from, from one thing to another, just from one uh, uh, contact with, with somebody that's like, you know, that's, that's, that's in that has the virus and and they may be they they you know maybe like a, a partner of mine said oh yeah i caught it i'm not vaxxed up i caught it and i only had a, a, a stuffy nose and a runny nose whatever and i was over it in three days no you weren't over it in three days <laughs> you know you were still you were still contagious with the you know right, right. so like you know, you and you had the possibility, the, the possibility, the, there was a possibility for you to spread it. Then you spread it to this person. They spread it to two or three, four, five, six other people, and then spread it to, you know, those people spread it to, to others. We are not going to get the way that we will get out of this thing is, and I, I just truly don't believe it's going to be about 
herd immunity or anything like that. It's going to be people realizing that the way to get out of here is, is, is to be vaccinated, is to be vaxxed up, man. You know, that's the only way. That's, that's, I believe that's the way that we will get out of this thing. And, and everybody's, you know, crying about, oh, I want to be able to do this. I want to be, well, you got to put in the work, you know. You can't, you can't, you can't base this thing on past experiences because we never came up against anything like this. But we can't, we've come up against viruses that science was able to, you know, take and, and, and do. As far as the mistrust of the government, that's there for a hundred percent. You know, when people say they mistrust the government, I can, I can, I can dig it. I can understand it. You know, because since I think since it's been it's been almost a little over five decades ago, when the veil started coming off from over our eyes as far as the, the government was concerned, and you know, so we just gotta, you know, we we have to. We we have to realize there's certain there's certain things that we need to we need to deal with. I take the flu shot every year. I've took it. I've taken it for the past like 14, 15 years. Every year, I'm, I go into too many different you know atmospheres and too many different climates, too too many different situations. And you know, I travel all over the world. I'm, I want to be protected from as much as I can be protected from. I went the other day. And uh, got my first single shot because everybody that I talked to says the first thing they said, man, you don't want to catch singles. You don't want to get singles. And all of us, if you've had, if you've had chicken pox, have that single uh, uh, element in us, inside of us. And no, I don't want to catch single. I don't want to catch nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, when you go, when you go like to Africa, you have to take shots. Right. That's something that I got for years. Me. You've had to do that for. Yeah, I've, I've carried a shot. I've carried a shot uh, uh, card in my in my uh, passport situation for years. Because mm -hmm. every time I go, you know, I had to have my shots. I had a shot. I had to have uh, malaria. Now you can take a pill, but um, you know, but as far as smallpox, as far as uh, yellow fever and all that kind of stuff, I had to. You know tetanus, you know tetanus shots, and and all that. They have, they have all that, all and those are all vaccines. Yep, they are vaccines. Absolutely, yeah, those are Absolutely. all vaccines. And I, yeah, I ain't, I ain't grown a tail. I took the vaccine. I'm triple vax. I have not grown a tail. I haven't grown <laughs> another head. Ain't no other head growing out of my shoulders, you know, or whatever. I'm fine. I'm and you still sing, right? I can still sing. I can still. That's that's the most important. <laughs> I can work, you know. So it's all it's all good, man. But and 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 I know that you know, that everybody will have. Well, I knew somebody that that got it, and and they got they still got sick and they died or they ended up in the hospital. There's exceptions to every single rule that we come up against, man. Come on, you know. There's three hundred and fifty something million people in this country. You know, we got, if you got, it's just like with the, with the Johnson, Johnson, Johnson shot in the beginning, it was like, you know, there was some discrepancies because some people got blood clots and all that kind of stuff. So like, and, and, you know, but 
eight people, I think it was, over be, be uh, old, uh, I forget how many people, well, don't quote me on that, but it was about, you know, out of eight million, nine, eight or nine million that had taken this out already, got like seven or eight people that, that died. I mean, I'm I, one death is, is, is devastating, you know, but anytime you have, and especially devastating to that family that is, that is dealing with. But, you know, you just, it, it's when you have something brand new, then, you know, and something, you know, that you're implementing into a, a situation as far as that's concerned, yeah, you got, you got a lot of, um, you, you will have some, you know, exceptions to the rule. Well, let's talk a little bit about international. You guys uh, still tour uh, internationally and been doing it for years, not just doing it like for a couple months and it's just now a rent, you know, a, a renaissance or anything. You guys have been doing this for years. Talk about how big uh, Shalimar is internationally and has it shocked you that you've been able to tour as Shalimar this long um, internationally? You know, it's, it's my whole thing, Carlos, is like, I'm, I'm a foundation guy. I'm, I'm a foundation guy. You know, I, I, I don't think anything can stand, nothing. Even this chair that I'm sitting in right now, they didn't put the nuts and bolts together, you know, in the foundation, putting this thing together. It, it's not going to last long, you know, and I believe that with everything, with everything, you can apply that to, to life, period. Whatever you put time into, whatever you build that foundation. I, 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 when I was a kid, I used to watch when they would build houses, like in my neighborhood, they would take forever building the foundation. You know, I mean, they, that, that, that hole and, and they start putting that, you know, steel reinforced cement in right. there and all that kind of stuff. They take forever to put the house in, uh, put the foundation together but once the foundation was put together they bought the house boom house went up like that you know and what was even deeper yeah as i as i got uh got older and looked at that whole analogy what's even deeper is that if you if you build a strong foundation you can tear that house down and build a whole brand new house on that same foundation because it's it's strong. You take they took the time to 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 um, reinforce it to build it the way that it's supposed to be built. So that's why I look at Shalomar, Jeffrey, Jody, and myself. We we spent we spent mm, five years after I after I joined the group. You know they had a they had a couple a couple of. Uh, uh, songs out before that uptown festival and take that to the bank you know then then i joined the group and that's when we started building our foundation our true foundation second um uh, uh, uh take that to the bank was a strong beginning you know what i'm saying but then we had to reinforce it with some of that steel as far as like second time around make that move and i had to remember all that stuff is concerned. So, you know, with that, in uh, with that analogy, and with that, um, uh, uh, the way that, as far as dealing with that, uh, for lack of a better phrase, 
that is that I'm not surprised, you know, as far as like there, I'm, I'm happy, <laughs> you know, that we, that we find, and, and what happened and, and the way that the whole thing came about was like, I mean, it had to have been like 20 something years ago, Jeffrey called me and, and said that there were some people, I think he was living in Japan at the time. And there were some people there that, that wanted us to come in and do, uh, you know, five shows in uh, five different venues in, uh, in Tokyo. So like, you know, when, when they, when they called Jeff called me, I was like, oh yeah, cool. We can go, you know, cause I'm about working, man. I like to work. I like, I love working. I've been a performing artist since I was 10 years old. So that's what I do. So, you know, when he called me, we said, okay, well, let's get on the phone and call Jody, you know, cause see, you know, we can get, you know, the old crew together and go over there and do these gigs, have some fun, you know, make some money, you know, the whole thing. And uh, when we called, it was like, oh no, I don't, I don't see her response. I don't know if I want to revisit that part of my life. And, you know, Oh, in my in my mind is like, oh, you're talking about your legacy. That's your legacy. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. And so, so like, you know, I mean, and, and and but I'm not putting her down for that. Don't get me wrong, I'm not putting her down for that. Everybody has to live their life the way that they need to live their life. Absolutely. Yeah, and I can't expect for my experiences in a situation to be the same for somebody else. I mean. You know, how many times have you have you have you had the situation where, you know, two or three people may experience the same exact thing, but they come away with two or three different takes on what that thing was. Right. So because because everybody's living this thing and, and going through it with their own personalities, their own agendas, their own you know, and, and, and I was the same as far as that's concerned. I, I, I was having fun. I, was, I had a ball, man. I, I was having a good time. You know, we had hit records, you know, and I, I'd been, like I said, I've been singing since I was 10. So you, you know, going, starting the gospel thing, going to the R&B thing and the locally. And then, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, it's like, football you know playing pop warner and all that kind of stuff then you're going up and then you you graduate into the into the show into the nfl so you know it's the same thing it's like you know we and then when i got with the group we we you know started our foundation building our foundation in the recording situation and so like you know i i um i was like i said i i didn't uh, I don't expect people to have the same, you know, uh, reaction to a certain thing as I do, but it's still a legacy, though. It's still a, a legacy that has lived on, and 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 even to this point, is still a legacy that people still want to go out and see. And um, you know, the, so that was that was the whole situation. And then, I mean, Jeffrey and I went on, we did the shows, we did the, um, the the shows in Asia, you know, just the two of us, you know, and we had our band and two of us, you know, went out, we did, we did shows, ended up, you know, for about a year, a couple years, you know, shows would come up like in, in Africa, uh, we did, we did some tours over in, um, in uh, the UK, 
And like I said, it was just the two of us. Then we, we decided that we wanted to bring the female entity back into the group. And we didn't even audition anybody because it was, it was hands down. We wanted Carolyn Griffey to come in, you know, and because uh, Carolyn, uh, her dad's, her dad was Dick, Griff Dick Griffey. Got Solar rest Records. Yeah, Solar Records. And like, and so she knew the history. She knew, you know, the, the found, again, the foundation of the group. And um, and plus, she's a she's an amazing vocalist, and you know, and, and she's and when people tell me that, nah, well, well, Jody uh, Carolyn's doing the Jody Wiley parts. I said, no, nah, Carolyn has taken the Jody Wiley parts and made them Carolyn. You know, so she's you know, that's that's where we are as far as that's concerned. So speaking of Jody, um, there's a video that you just recently uh, posted. And the video seemed very focused mm -hmm. um, with purpose. Um, it didn't come off like, sometimes I've seen videos where people apologize and you could tell it's a marketing thing. It's their publicist or their manager or someone's trying to get a deal done and they feel like this is a way to press them or to look good many reasons why this video didn't strike me as that this video struck, struck me as this is a person who's got money who's got fame who don't really need anything and he's just reflecting on his soul um uh focus he's focused on his soul uh becoming um maybe healed in certain areas or mm -hmm. his path. He wants to make sure his path is, is brighter than what it already is. Maybe he's thinking about his kids, kids. There's mm -hmm. something that's personal. It's a personal journey for this person. This is not mm -hmm. something he's doing. If he could have done it where he could call her directly, he probably would have did it that way. Mm -hmm. um, this is the best way to do it. Mm -hmm. uh, that's how the video came off. But I was shocked that you did it right after right after the, the, the Vlad interview, because the interview was huge. Like mm -hmm. in hours, people were talking about it. And it seemed like right after that, you did it. What happened between Vlad, the interview, and the moment you posted this video last week? It was the Vlad interview that, that um, challenged my heart. You know, to for 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 lack of a better um, you know maybe phrase, um, it you know while while I was doing the interview, you know, because when you're talking, it's like you know that that old thing. Sometimes you can't see the forest for the trees. You dig because you're so close to a thing. While I was doing the interview, I was into you know, okay, hearing what he's talking about you know, uh, 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 you know, letting it, letting it go into permeate into my situation, you know, and giving the best explanations and, and, um, and answers to the questions, you know what I'm saying? So when he said what he said during the interview, it didn't hit me like that, you know, 
But man, when I watched it back, and when he said, when he said, so you mean to tell me it's been 40 years? Dude, I mean, it, it even kind of brings, you know, a little, little moisture to my eyes right now. Right. Because 40 years, it's been 40 years, and you guys haven't sat down, you haven't, you know, put any apologies out there or, or whatever. I, I, I forget exactly what he said. But the 40 year thing, Carl, was the thing that, that hit me. It's like 40 years. This needs to be done. This needs to be done. And like, and like we talked before, I didn't do it to get any reaction from people. I didn't do it to get a, a reaction from her. You right. know, I did it. I, that it was, it was my spirit said, it's time for this to be done. It's time for this. And like, I could go through all kinds of stuff as far as, oh, well, I didn't know. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know what I was saying, or I didn't, I didn't, I don't remember this. I don't, I, <laughs> that, that, that's on time out for that. Evidently, I said some things back then that hurt a person, you know, and, and that's, the most important thing. And it's not about, I, I was really careful to not go into, I apologize, because I apologize can be so so vague as far as certain things are concerned. And sometimes distant and cold. Huh? And sometimes it can even come off distant or cold. Or cold, right. Right, right. Right, and so the words that, I wanted to use and make sure that I conveyed was that I'm sorry, you know, I'm sorry. I, I said some things back in the day, you know, that, that it, it doesn't matter what was said by anybody else. It don't matter. It didn't matter what was said that brought the whole argument on. It don't, that doesn't matter. What matters is that I opened my mouth and said some things that hurt a person. And it was time for that just, you know, to be done away with. And 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 it's probably, I mean, I'm I'm getting all kind of stuff now. Like I said in the whole thing, I'm not saying this to get, you know, response from you guys. You know, I'm not saying it to. You know, like I said earlier, you know, your public, your public, your public, your PR people do what they're supposed. That's I hire, I hire them to to expose me as as much as possible. Right. And so my PR people, after it was done, they oh, we should do this. We should do, we should put it here. We should put it. no. I'll post it on my, you know, my my person, my um, you know, formats, my my uh, Instagram and, and my, you know, Facebook fan page. And, and, and all, I think that's the only place I really posted. I, I, I can't, I don't, I don't know, but I said, but as far as posting anywhere else to, to let people make people aware that there's a, right. it's not, I didn't do it for that. You know, I didn't do it for that. Like I said, I didn't do it to get a response from Jody. You know, right. if, it, if, if that comes great, you know, 
there's this, we can further the healing, you know, but if it doesn't, you know, like I said, I know what I needed to do in my spirit at that point, at that point. And so that's what I, you know, that's what that was all about. So let me ask you this. Do it, you don't have to necessarily tell me, but do you know what you could have said to her that would allow this to, to go 40 years? Do you think it was worth it being in a 40 year, not talking, whatever you said or did, do you think it was that? Or do you feel like it doesn't, it doesn't make up for 40 years, but at the same time, you know, the other party might see it differently. Like, what's your take on it? Or do you feel like you said something that was... Oh, know, back 40 years ago? Right. That you, you know, did... I, I, I remember... Do you think it, it deserves 40 years of not speaking, whatever you said? I, I can't, you know, Carl, I can't say uh, uh, what deserves... Because I, I don't know the frailty or the... Right situation of another person right that's true right. and all i know like i all i know is that evidently you know and and definitely not evident now i'll take that back definitely you know i'll, I'll strike evidently because definitely you know i said something to a person that affected them even if it was just for that time and we never even saw any remnants of it. So, so, so say like, say like we, you know, went through that, we went through our thing and, and, and the time, and then the time that Jeffrey and I called her, she said, Oh, okay. Okay. Let's go. Let's, let's go do it. Let's go do these shows. You know, let's have some fun. Go do these shows. Just like we talking about. It would still be in my spirit to bring up that argument that we had and to say how sorry I was, I am, about saying something. Because, you, you know, people, their feelings, like I always say, feelings aren't right or wrong. Hmm. Feelings are your feelings. Hmm. That's you know, good. That's good. Yeah. Feelings aren't right or wrong. I told, That's I, good. I, I, I told my, I told my kids the whole time they were growing up. I said, "Hey, feelings, your feelings aren't right and feelings aren't wrong. It's just right. your feelings." Right. So, like you know, if I did something to affect <clears throat> your your a person's feelings, right? You know, then it's up to me to convey that. Rectify, try and rectify that and say and and tell that person how sorry I am for that mm. you know and and so you know that's that I mean that's where that's where that's where I was I am as far as that's concerned and and when I when I saw that Vlad <coughs> uh, that Vlad that that excerpt from the Vlad interview I even just I haven't even seen the rest of the interview, you know, my, my PR people have, but you know, it's like, I don't, I don't really look at a lot of interviews a lot of times. Cause it's like, you just, you do them, boom, get it. If there's a, if there, if during the interview, I came against a snag or whatever, I want to watch that so that I know how to get 
past that snag in the in the next interview it right, becomes right but but you know but i watched that you know i watched that i watched that interview because of, of that excerpt from the interview <laughs> because of the of the caption yeah, they had you know right. howard you tells joey Rollins she'll never be shit without Shalomar. yeah i was like yeah that's the part that got me i was like whoa <laughs> and that drew people that and if you got drawn <laughs> in you know, which is what the purpose of, of that of that uh, headline was. If you got drawn in, you saw that I didn't say that. Right, you, you never know? said that, right. I never said that, I didn't say that. I, I said, if, and and again, you know, I, I don't wanna minimize anything, you know, right. because because it's, 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 it's important. Uh, so, you know, again, it's like, I, it's been 40 years, you right. know what I'm saying? Sometimes, man, sometimes I, you know, I learned, I learned about compartmentalization like years ago. And I think to a, to a point I've like perfected that thing <laughs> sometimes to, to, to a detriment, detrimental point because everything has its compartment, you know. My ex-wives, they got their own compartments, you know, and, and, and you know, Shalimar has this compartment. You know, my, my kids, they have their compartments and I, you know, I deal with them a lot, a, a lot more, you know, all the time. But some, some things that, that have their compartments, you know, I put it up there like when, when, it, when we were, when Jeffrey and Jody were definitely splitting, they were leaving, then, you know, and then I had to deal with Shalomar for about three and a half more years, uh, three years, well, two and a half, three years, and uh, because of the contractual situations. And once I, I rolled my contract out and I was done, Shalomar had his own compartment, you know? And so I put it up there and then I'm off to, to taking care of what I'm, 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 I'm about to about about to embark upon. I'm uh, taking care. Of, I'm, I'm about to embark upon Howard Hewitt. You know, as far as solo career is concerned. So that's what I was focused in on. And um, but, dude, that was like 40 years ago. I don't. And we were in, we were in the the heat of a of a of an argument, man, <laughs> out in the middle of the street in front of the hotel that I used to stay at when I would go to the UK to uh, go to London. And um, I mean, yelling and screaming and cussing each other out, you know, out in the street. So, you know, as far as like, like I said, I said some things then that, you know, I was sorry for. You know, especially especially for it to to affect somebody for you know these these amount of years, you know. Wow. So your solo career, um, talk a little bit about that. What what was it like to go solo? At that point, what made you make that decision, and what was the process of making that first record? I remember the song. Um, uh, say amen. I think that's the title, right? Mm -hmm. Say amen. 
as a kid, I used to hear it all the time on the radio. They played the heavens at that song. Mm -hmm. I want to thank God for giving me one more day. Mm -hmm. They used to play that song religiously. Um, <laughs> I mean, it was just like every time I turn on the radio, my mom would turn on the radio, that song was right there. Mm -hmm. um, what, what, what was that like doing the first record? And why did you want to do gospel? It seems like your faith is very, you, you take your faith very seriously. Uh, it's, it's like a part of your life. Uh, so talk a little bit about the first, the, the process of the first record. Yeah, um, my faith is my life. You know, everything stems from that. You know, um, you know, I, I started out like I, I started out in the gospel field, uh, you know, when I was 10 years old and my mom was a was a uh, gospel promoter in the Akron, Cleveland, Canton area in Ohio. And uh, she would bring she would bring people in like James Cleveland, Albertina Walker, and the Caravans. When what? It was with them. Five Line Boys, Alabama. Mighty Boys, Clouds of Joy. Mighty Clouds of Joy, Pilgrim Jubilees, everybody, everybody. Soul Stirs, you know. Oh, so you so, got a real gospel background. It's, it's, it, that's why that's why I call that's why I call uh, say amen an inspirational record. I don't really call it gospel record, you gotcha. know, because because gospel is a whole nother emotion. Right. You know, a whole nother thing. It brings about a whole nother situation. And 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 you know, and, and not saying I don't because I have mad respect for gospel music, but when I think about gospel music, I think about Shirley Shirley Caesar. Caesar. Yeah, I think right. about the wood the williams brothers and, right. and those quartets and all those guys you know but right. we we once we were um in shape enough to 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 perform the hewitt singers like i said i was about 10 years old my sisters three three of my sisters uh, i have like four uh older sisters all my sisters are older than me and three of my sisters backed me up and all that kind of stuff and we had a, a keyboard player uh, a, a drummer and bass and guitar, a bass guitar, uh, lead guitar, and stuff. We were bad, man. We were like, we 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 were like, we were keeping it up. We were keeping up with, well, we we would open the show for for people like all the people that we just that we just named. You know, I remember opening up shows for like you know James Cleveland when my mom wow. would bring him in and and a bunch of you know a bunch of groups and then in the in the um, in the summertime, we get out of school, we would hit that, you know, gospel chipman circuit around the, you know, around the Midwest, uh, East Coast, up the East Coast of Canada and stuff and down, down South some places, you know. So, you know, um, when, when I, I was about, it was about two years before I, I left the group. I finally left the group because when Jeffrey and Jody split, Jeffrey and Jody split in 83 you know and at that time i i told uh dick griffey i remember talking to dick griffey and saying man you know jeffrey and jody are gone man i was like they're like my brother and my sister i, I couldn't even think about who who would you know replacing them I, I said maybe this is a good time for me to you know do my do my solo record you know what i'm saying and start working on that and so dick says it's paraphrasing because I can't remember exactly the words but the but, it, but the whole thing was like well you know you want to do you know 
it, the only way you, you still got two and a half, three years left on this contract. And you can either, you know, spend that two and a half, three years doing nothing. Or you know we can you can try and get out of it, go to court, get out of the count, out of out of the agreement, uh, or you can do another Shalimar record, you know. And so like man, I'm like I, I I'm not gonna sit around. I can't just sit around, you know, and not do anything. And I hate court. Courts like courts like like throwing dice, man. You yeah. know you know you you <clears throat> may win, you may not win. You, may you know not, right. <laughs> But one thing's for sure, you're gonna you're gonna pay somebody a bunch of money to get in there and try to win. So like I, you know, I I said, okay, I'm gonna opt for another, you know, Shalomar record and and um um and then you know ride my contract out for the next two and a half, three years. So that's when we made the the Heartbreak album, you know, and I brought Mickey Free into the group and and we went and and you know, did this whole nat nationwide search for the girl, you know, we ended up with uh, uh, Delisa Davis and and then we did the Heartbreak album. Then we went out and started touring. And, um, you know, that was uh, that was the that was the whole thing. But a couple of years before I left the group, before 85, I left the group in 85. And before I left the group, I remember praying i remember saying a prayer i said lord you know when i'm by myself when i'm responsible for what i say you know there's not two other people that are there not saying that they don't believe but this is the, but doing that type of situation is really a personal thing that you right. that you you know put out there i said when i'm when i'm um when i'm uh you know, responsible for what I say. I said, I promise that I will honor you on every album, every solo album that I do. And um, and I remember, you know, um, going to the going to the first meeting after I left, after I left the group, I had a meeting. I went straight from Solar onto Electra, which was the major record company, um, and it was the the distribution company of Solar. And so like I, I went, I went to a meet to the meeting, the initial meeting to talk to all the people, you know, AR cat from um uh from from Electra, my new my new management company that I had uh that I had hired. And um, you know, I went in, shook everybody's hands and sat down. I said, well, first of all, before we get started, I was really excited. This finally, you know. I said, first of all, before we get started, I said, I, I just want to let you know, I want to do a song to the Lord on this album. And man, dude, you could hear, you could hear a pin drop in there. It was like, you know, cause <laughs> this, this was, this was 85, man. This was not, you know, nobody had ever really done that. I mean, Nisi, Nisi Denise Williams, you know, she would do a gospel album, but then she'd come back and do an R&B album. She never same mixed with, uh, the Same thing with Philip Bailey too, Earth, Wind, Yeah, Philip Bailey, yeah. And, you know, later on the Commodores, you know, they did Jesus is Love, you know, but but this was in 85 when nobody was doing that. I, I, I wasn't talking about just do a, a gospel or inspirational album and then I'll, I'll do the R&B album. You know, I was talking about doing them both together. 
And, you know, because to me, that's, that's, that's what's up. That's what, you know, we're all, everything is spiritual. You know, your love or you with, between you and God, between you and your woman, between your woman and, and the man and, and every format, any, any other format you, you, you know, it's about love. God is right. about love. Right. So like, you know, you can hear a pin drop in there, man. And <laughs> finally, finally, this one cat starts talking. He says, well, you know, I'll, want to take your career in the sex symbol direction and might not be conducive to uh, religious uh, overtones and all that kind of stuff. And, and then, then some other cats start talking and then my management, cause I hadn't even talked to my new management about it either, you know, cause this was, like I said, so I sat back and I listened. And when they got done, I said, you know, and, and the whole time they're talking, I'm like praying, Lord, you know, because because, you know, how I, I didn't want to alienate people from the first solo record, you know, but I had to stand up for the promise that I made to the Lord also as well. And most important. So like when they got done, you know, I, I, I said, listen, I hear you. I, I understand, you know, what you're saying. I said, but maybe I just put it the, the wrong way. Let me put it like this. I said, I'm going to do a song to the Lord on this album. And because you talk about my career, the direction of my career, <clears throat> without him, there would not even be a career. So, you know, now we can talk about everything else we need to talk about. And, and then, you know, we talked about the direction of the album went away me and Monty Seward uh uh wrote we uh we wrote say amen and of course after say amen came out and did did what it did what it did did and what it still does man that you know at that time at that time then at the record company it was it was everybody's idea then everybody right. oh yeah we did you know i used to have meetings with uh the the head of the record company got rest of soap bob bob crass now every time you know i would get ready to do a record you know do another uh get get ready to record another project he'd always say we we sit down we talk about it and at the end of the conversation he'd always say so i i, I know you're gonna do another one of those god songs right <laughs> 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 I said, yeah, yeah, Bob, I'm gonna do another one of those God songs, definitely. So, um, uh, but yeah. So you, you've done almost what, seven or eight solo records, about seven, right? I think it's seven or eight, uh, you know, cause it's a five, it was um, four with, um, with uh four or five with Electra, I can't remember. And then did the independent album. The, the other two albums were independent albums and stuff the like journey, that. And if only. Well, okay. So you talk about if only, and then you talk about it's time, you talk about the journey. So we're talking about, about eight albums. Then, yeah, about so. eight, yeah. yeah. Okay. Out of all eight albums, which one is your favorite if you had to pick one? Um, I think my favorite album, because of all the stuff that was going on and the absence of all the stuff that went on as far as like that would go on within a major record company, you know, which is like people 
you know, looking over your shoulder, telling you, you know, trying to put their two cents here and there. <laughs> you know, I, so with that, I think my favorite album to record was uh, was It's Time, the It's Time album. Really? Yeah. yeah, that was the first one. That was the first one without, you know, that was the first independent album. And so like- Oh, because you didn't have all the, the, the check cashers around, right? None of that, none of that. None of, none of the people, you know, the rocket scientists and all that kind of stuff that they have in those record that they had, but definitely in those record companies at the time who think they know <clears throat> what people know, they know what this is, you know. So Monty and I pretty much had uh, full, full um, control over everything that we did. And, um, you know, we had, we just, we had a ball. We had a ball putting that project together. It's time. What, what was the uh, outside of the business? What also have you learned in producing your own music versus producing with the, I call them the check cashers. They're just people yeah. who want to make sure they get their check on Friday. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's just what I said. Mm. It's the, it's the freedom of it you know, the freedom to do, you don't have, you don't have people rushing you about, you know, deadlines and okay, all that. Deadlines, right. Yeah, I mean, you just take your time and put, put the, put the record together. Although I'm, I, I, I can't spend, I can't spend all, I don't like to spend a whole exorbitant amount of time in the studio because like I said several times in the beginning of this, of this uh, interview, I am a performing artist. I want to get in there. I want to get in there, put my best foot forward, get my best creative uh, situation together, put together a nice, solid piece of product. But then I want to get out there and start performing it. You know, I right. want to get out there and, and start because, you know, the thing about thing about records is that you go in there, like I said, put your best creative foot forward, put together a solid piece of product. You, you give it to the people, your promotion people or whatever, and, and they start setting it up for the radio stations and now the internet stations and now, you know, setting it up with, with stuff like these, these kind of uh, interviews and all that. And then you have to like kind of wait and see what the, you know, response is, you know, the, as far as that's concerned. With personal appearances, man, boom. Soon as you hit the stage, instant, instant, instant gratification. It's like right. you know, you know. I mean, I remember my mom was the one that literally, when I was ten years old, kicked me out on stage. You know, because I was like not, I was like getting ready to. Uh, I don't want to go out there in front of those people and see that. No, boy, you going out there? Boom, go. <laughs> and I hit the stage, and once you know, just from that one time, I, I believe you know. In, my memory serves me right. I it just started. I started, you know, once I was out there, it was cool. You know, it was like I started feeling it, you know. So, so with that, we took, I guess, probably if I, if, if I remember right, you know, about maybe three or four months, five months or so to put together this time out. And then, um, and then uh, once we got done, then uh, I, I hit the road, started doing old stuff and, excuse me, and some stuff from that album as well. What are the songs that you most, uh, you get the most requests to sing live? 
Say amen, of course. Of course. Uh, <laughs> of course. <laughs> say amen. If I didn't do say amen, they they right. really out of some city. I mean, I'd have to jump on the first thing smoking. But, uh, <laughs> you know, but show me, you know. Uh, okay, show me. That's a good one. Show me love. People love that. Uh, uh, I'm for real. You know, um, uh, sometimes the the stay, you know, people request stay um once twice three times you know that's all the all the um that, that's the howard hewitt stuff but you know there's tons of shalimar stuff too that you know that you know like like uh, <clears throat> uh for loving you and you know and make that move night to remember you know all that all this stuff but i i have a great problem to have as an artist <laughs> you know what okay am i going to do mostly my solo stuff or or the shalomar stuff i have this that's a that's a great problem to have great to yeah. see. you have a yeah. great catalog mm, praise the lord yeah so do yeah. you uh do you sell records when you go international solo records when you do the shalomar stuff or you only do shalomar stuff i internationally i, I just do shalomar I mean, okay. when we when we first started, you know, uh, now last last tour, I will say that we we started, you know, brand there there were about within that uh within that month that we were over there, there were about three shows that that where I would break off from the group and do and do Howard Hewitt, you know, about three of those uh, solo shows, and this time going over, we're supposed to go over, we're supposed to go over um may the middle of may till the middle of june and within those when within those uh that month there's another three or four howard hewitt shows that i'll do while i'm over there you know do you enjoy shallowmore uh shows i mean, this is probably a bad question but i'm gonna ask anyway <laughs> do you enjoy the shallowmore show shows or do you enjoy the howard hewitt shows the most when I say the most, I don't. I know you enjoy both, but which mm -hmm. ones are the most like comfortable? I guess for you, that's a better question. I mean, you know, if we talk about that, both of them are comfortable, you know, because it's like you know, it's it's um, it's it's all you know, music that I've been involved in. Um, I would say it's hard. I mean, I gotta say there's two different entities that are happening you know like the howard hewitt show man i can kind of cruise you know because i got you know everybody's into the love music and, right. <laughs> and all that kind of stuff when it because the shows it, my this the, the solo shows you know the beginning of the show like i do this medley of, of like howard hewitt stuff stay on for real once twice three times and i break into some new stuff there's a new the new joint that i that i do called you are the one that leon and i you know put together and stuff then i do some more stuff show me and all that but then and and during that time people are just like sitting back through the fellas got their arm around their ladies and and like you know whispering in their ear. I, I always encourage that type of thing but when when i hit the shalomar stuff man it's like oh it's time to get up Time to dance, you know, because Salomon stuff starts out with second time around, goes into uh, make that move. Then I'll, I'll break it down into uh, 
into somewhere there's a love and then boom, bring it right back up with the night to remember. Then go into for the lover in you and then end up with say amen, right? But um, I gotta say, I, I, I know that you, the, your question was like asking, I know that you, that you like both of them, but that's the only, only response I can do is like, you know, it's like I, I dig, the, like I said, the Howard Hewitt shows, I'm cruising. And then I hit the Shalimar thing. But the thing, the difference is between the Howard Hewitt shows and the Shalimar show, man, we're hitting, when we hit the Shalimar show, we're hitting that sucker from Jump Street. Make that, open up with Make That Move. And from there, we are, you know. Yeah, well, and, it, and then depends on what, what venue we're doing. If we're doing festivals, then we keep it up all the time because you only got about 35, 45 minutes or so in the festival. So you keep it up, you know, keep it stepping, keep it up. But when we do the theaters over there and, the, and the, you know, the smaller venues, then we'll break it down into a, 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 a ballad situation, which at that time I'm cool because by that time I'm like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> People talk about, oh, you gotta keep up, you get out of here walking and keeping your cardio up for, you know, whatever. I'm keeping the cardio up for when I go back out on the road with the, with the, with with Jeffrey and Carolyn, then I I I can keep up with them because <laughs> you know, but we're as soon as we hit the stage with with uh make that move, we're like we're pumping. And that's why I don't, you know, I'll i a lot of my shows here, a lot of Howard Hewitt shows. It's me. It's just me and my band or me and my musical director or me and a, a track. You know, I'll do live to track shows and stuff. And um, so it's me. I'm like, you know, but when I'm with the group, then I can put all that stuff off on, <laughs> on other people. I let, you know, as, as far as Jeffrey, Jeffrey, Jeffrey is the one that's doing most of the talking on Salomar. So I'm just, I'm singing. I'm singing, having a good time, having fun. And uh, that's what that's what I want because it it's a it's a it's a big difference from Howard Hewitt shows and Shalimar shows and and I I, I enjoy the, that uh, diversity I, I enjoy those differences. So um, I'm almost done. I have about four or five more little pieces I want to <laughs> get into before we wrap okay. it up. Uh, the first thing I want to ask you about is George Duke. What was it like working with George Duke? I love his music. Man. And I just want to know uh, from your experience, what was that like working with the great George Duke? Yeah, Big Daddy. We all, we all everybody calling him Big Daddy. Big Daddy, you know. Man, George, it was amazing. Stanley, Stanley Clark first introduced me to George first. Me, me and Stanley uh, got to be friends first. And then he introduced me to George back okay. in the day. Okay. Then all three. Then all all three of us were friends because you know they are really tight and stuff. I, you know, but man, working with George, man, was just one of the most um, uh, enjoyable uh, experiences, you know, in 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 my career because, you know, you have I, I have you know different people that I've worked with as far as producers are concerned, Quincy. Uh, Leon Silvers, you know, Stanley Clark, a whole bunch of different people. But George was like, his, first of all, his whole studio was the lower part of his house, the whole lower part of his house in uh, in the Hollywood, in, in, uh, up in Hollywood. 
was his studio, professional, professional studio. And man, we had we had so much fun. And plus, the other thing that was really cool about his studio was that at, at, at a at a certain point, he had them build a uh, uh, a wine cellar down there. So we had access to all the great wine, red wine. I'm a red wine drinker. I, you know, I, I don't really deal with white wine that much anymore. But man, we used to we get in there. There's there's some like I, I some things that I I think about when I listen to different projects on the I Commit to Love album. There's a tune that I wrote called I Got to Go. You know, and it was basically, you know, me relating to the uh, my first wife, our, our, our failed relationship. You know, I know this and that, that and this, that and that, that and that, but I got to go. And, uh, you know, <laughs> so I remember going over to George, 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 uh, George produced it, you know, and uh, and, and wrote well, most of the music to it. But I wrote the lyrics and the melody. And finally, Joe, I went over one day and said, and George said, man, we gotta, he said, Howie, he called me Howie, like my family. Howie, we gotta finish this song, man. We gotta finish this up, dude, you know? So he brought out a, a bottle of red wine, man. And every time I listened to that song, I remember <laughs> exactly what was going on. We both were like, we both were like lit, man, when we did that song. <laughs> and, <laughs> And the, the result of it was was amazing. And and uh, a bunch of stuff through the years. I, I worked with him on the on the Clark Duke, uh, Clark Duke projects, you know, and all that. And and uh, we did a we we did a couple songs on my Christmas album and wrote a Christmas song that was like, I mean, just you can you can you can find the Christmas song, the video uh, of the Christmas song. I put it out again not last Christmas, but Christmas before last, and did a video to it. We, me and my assistant, we shot that video on on uh, in, on a iPhone 11 Pro, the there whole you thing, go. you know there what you I'm go. saying? Yeah, because it was like, you know, it was just, it, it, I could, everybody that came to me with ideas about the video included people being in my house, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And the vaccination <laughs> stuff. <laughs> Well, then we didn't even have the vaccination, you know. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, then we were just we were just flying by the seat of our pants. But you still don't there. like people in your space like that. No, still st at, at that time, you mean? Yeah, right. definitely, definitely. Right. I, I don't like a lot of people in my space even now, you know. Right. I'm the same way. I'm the same yeah. way. Yeah. So, you know, uh, it was a, it was a tune called "That's." It's a tune called "That's Christmas," and uh, George produced it. And um, wrote the, mu the music. I wrote the lyrics and the melody to it and stuff. Joy, it, you know, it, working with George was like, you know, you just working with my best friend, you know. And and even even as far as like back, I did tons and tons of background stuff. I remember I was at the dentist's office a few weeks ago, and I, I put some music in my ears, you know, so I you know didn't have to deal with whatever. And um, and so you know, I, I pulled up George, one of George's albums, and I I sat there and I'm listening. I'm sitting in the chair and I'm listening, and every song that came on, I remembered 
the the background I, I did background on it you know basically every song that on that album i did the background I, I participated in the background on that album so you know it was like producing and working with my best friend and um creative a creative genius man and just you know i mean all that all that music that came out of that cat is amazing you know it's, it's really amazing you said you used to do you would do background on certain songs. I also would, he used to use Shante Moore too on a few things. Mm -hmm. Did he just yep. like using famous singers doing backup just, or was it you guys just like being around George? Well, we, it was, I think it was everything, the whole right. thing. I mean, anytime, anytime George called, everybody was ready. You right. know what I'm saying? Shante, uh, Keith Washington as well, you know, uh, uh, Phil Perry did a lot of work with George, you know. And um, just so, you know, certain people that that he liked to he liked to call on and to come in and do 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 uh, backgrounds. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, it is because he enjoyed, you know, everybody had the respect for each other, mutual respect for each other. He enjoyed being around us, but also because of the voices, the way I mean, Shantae's voice and and my voice. I love her voice. I love her Beautiful. voice. I mean, you guys just, together was amazing, too. The sound yeah. blend. Yep. The time, there's been there's been a bunch of times through the years where we ended up somewhere where, uh, you know, there was music going on and, and, the, and the two of us ended up on stage together. Mm -hmm. I think she's a she's she's an amazing, amazing talent. She has an instrument that's like just just amazing to me. And so, so underrated, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, so yeah, it's, it's, it's underrated, but the people you uh, would always, you just always tell me that too. You know, you should be such, no, no, we're all where we're supposed to be. True. You know, True. we're all where we're, we're supposed to be. Shante <laughs> is where she's supposed to be. This is, this, this is a journey, especially, especially for, I don't minimize uh, musicians, you know, and all that kind of stuff. I'm not minimizing them at all, but as a vocalist is that's so you're so close to God because mm -hmm. because you know your instrument your instruments this is this is his yeah. creation seriously live I'm I'm the instrument you know and people ask me you know how do you keep up how do you you know take care of your voice and stuff hey sleep sleep mm -hmm. brother you know what I'm saying it's like you know, and I asked one of my favorite vocalists, I asked him the same question one time we did a show together, and it was Jonathan Butler. And uh, Jonathan is amazing. I mean, I, I can watch. He cold. Uh, back. He cold blood. He's cold <laughs> he blood, man. I could, I could watch him. I, and I remember watching, we were doing a show together, and I was, you know, on the side of stage watching his sound check, you know, and he's just going through it, playing his guitar, all that. And man, when he came off, you know, we greeted each other and stuff. And, and I said, man, I want to ask you, because people always ask me this. I want to ask you, you know, what do you do to take care of your of your of your voice? He said the same thing I'd say to tell people. I said, sleep. I guess sleep, man, because you know, you are the instrument. You know, we don't pick up a bass, we don't pick, pick up a guitar, get behind a keyboard or a drum, but it's like our it's our instrument now if you if i if i play guitar 
and bought a guitar and never bought a case for it, drug it around, threw it in the corner, whenever I went somewhere. After a minute, it's gonna start sounding jacked up because you did not take care of it. So it's the same thing with, with vocals. You gotta get sleep. You don't, you know, everybody, everybody in the world, when you do a gig has an after party, you know, there's an after party and they oh, I wanna go to after party. I want you to go to after party. No, now if you're gonna pay me to go, yeah, party that's a different thing because it's i'm out on the road to work right but otherwise you know i'm gonna be the after party of of, of pillow and sheets <laughs> after party at the hilton <laughs> there you go at the hilton at the four, four seasons i'm <laughs> <laughs> at the four seasons party <laughs> there you go four seasons party yep quincy quincy jones oh yeah yeah, Quincy. Talk a little bit about what that's like working with working with the Quince. Quincy, Quincy's like you know when Bruce Sudin, you know, God rest his soul, he passed away. Not a great away. engineer. Shout out to Bruce, man. Yeah, amazing engineer. Amazing. His his ear as an engineer. I watched a documentary on him the other night. Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. Just God given talent, man. Just unbelievable. Yeah, all that, all that stuff, uh, Thriller, everything that Quincy worked on, you know, before Bruce passed away, Bruce uh, engineered it and stuff. So going in the studio with Quincy, though, was like going to class, you know, it's like he was the, he's a professor, you know, he comes in, he has his, his booklet or whatever he has that has everything in it, sits down, opens it up, he and Bruce start start knocking this out, knocking this down, knocking that down. And um, uh, that was, I, I think I learned, you know, bedside manners uh, from, uh, from, from, uh, from Quincy, you know, how to make a, how to make a, um, a vocalist feel comfortable in, the, in their own situation. And which is one of the most important things, man. It's like, you know, that, that, whoever you're producing has to has to feel comfortable has to feel you know good in what they're doing and you know good that feel good that that they contributed to at least me as an artist too, contributed to the production you know like i don't i don't want you know i i, I don't want a producer that's gonna just feed me every line and everything like that i mean i'm I do have creative thoughts, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, Quincy was like, he, it, it was it, the, the lessons that I got from him as far as production and and far as, uh, you know, uh, working as far, you know, sometimes I'll do projects that, you know, that I, I don't have anything to do with the music or nothing like that. They just want me to come in and help, you know, guide the vocals. So, you know, um, that's what I learned from Quincy. Quincy was like the professor. Professor, yeah. Awesome. All right, well, before we wrap up, I have a top five segment that I do. I ask you your top five things, person, place, or things that you like or enjoy. Um, so I'm gonna, we're gonna end with that, but final question before we start that um, top five. Um, R. Kelly, I wanna mm -hmm. talk about R. Kelly real quick. Um, R. Kelly, big R&B star, just like yourself. 
traveled, um, and now he's looks like he's gonna spend the rest of his life in in in, in prison. Um, <clears throat> what's your take on that whole situation? I'm curious to hear it from you because you are an R&B singer, so you would understand a little bit, maybe not everything, but you would understand a little bit of what it's like to be in his shoes. Talk a little bit about your your stance on, or your your thought process on uh, the R. Kelly situation. I just want to hear your thoughts on it in general. Well, for one thing, I mean, that thing had been going on for years. I, I heard about R. Kelly and his, and, and his whole thing, like, you know, years and years before it actually culminated into what it what it uh what it culminated into it's easy to get caught up in your own like uh godship maybe mm. to call it that that's why to me um keeping everything in perspective is so important you know i remember doing a, an interview one an interview one time with this, uh, with this lady, and and you know, because the response to a lot of things, my response to a lot of things is like, you know, well, hey, thank God, praise the Lord, you know, God bless you, the whole thing. And I, I said it a couple of times, and and the lady says, "Are you doing? Are you saying those things to, to impress me? You know, to like, you know?" And I said, "Well, I I, I had the same look that you have. <laughs> it's like, and I told her, I said." oh, I'm sorry, but it has nothing to do with you at all. You know, it's like, it has to do with keeping my spirit humble, you know? And there's a lot of, I mean, you know, there's a lot of craziness I could get into if I allowed myself, you know, and if I didn't keep myself spiritually grounded. For me, spiritually grounding is 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 very important. So, you know, with, with uh, Robert, it was like, so many years of of like being able to do whatever he wanted to do right. and nobody checking him and nobody not having any people around him that will check him i have friends friends around me they'll tell me about myself <laughs> you know what i'm saying if i do something that's kind of jacked up then you know they, they'll tell me one of my best friends he just just passed away a year a little over a year ago but Man, he 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 was like that was my big brother. I've always grab, gravitated toward cats that were older than me because I never had an older brother. You know, I had a my my younger brother, but I I was the older brother there. So it's important to keep people around you that are going to keep you grounded, keep you keep it real with you, as they say, and like and like make sure that you know, that that you you know, are, are on that path. I don't want yes people around me. I don't want people that just agree with every single thing I say. I'm I'm right a lot of times, <laughs> but I'm not right all the time. All the time, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, so, you know, but um, with that, my take is that everything catches up with you, man. You know, there's nothing done in the light, uh, uh, nothing done uh, in darkness. In the darkness. Light. 
you know, and, and, you know, what we talked about earlier, as far as that whole uh, thing that, that I, that I was, uh, that I, you know, I, I embarked on a couple of days or so ago. That's why I wanted to do it the way that I did it. Cause it's in the light. It's, it's right there. Nobody can take anything that I said and misconstrue it because it's right there, you know, it's right there. And, you know, like I said, like I said on that video, the, 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 the enemy's biggest playground is darkness, you know, is in darkness and stuff. So, you know, with R. Kelly, man, it's like, God bless him, man. And I, I hope that there's some things, I, I hope he really understands why things went the way that they went. It's a terrible thing to, you know, to, uh, you know, go through something and you don't learn about it. You don't learn anything. Now, everybody canceling his music, I don't really agree with that either. It's like, you know, you know, it's, it's like, dude, put out some amazing, amazing music. Bangers. Yeah, major music and had nothing the to do bangers. with it. <laughs> yep. And production wise, man, I loved his production. Loved his production. You know, we had talked about some people had talked to me about he and I getting together before all that went down and doing some stuff. I wasn't too crazy about that, you know, because you know, I I I there's a there's a responsibility that I have uh, as far as like, you know, um, songs like Say Amen, songs like Jesus, songs like uh, 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 To Thee I Pray and, and um, you know, Call His Name. It's not, those aren't just songs that I do just to do them. They, they mean something. And the lifestyle for you. And like, I'm not, and I'm not saying that that would have hindered me from from working with him, I don't know. It would that wall would have been uh, based on what we had, what we talked about when we sat down and talked, because we would sit down and talk before going into a uh, into a working situation. So, you know, but I'm, I just pray. I pray that he, you know, that he has learned. You know, God works with us all in in His own way. You know, that's why I don't have any down stuff to say, because I don't know how how guys work with him. You know, it's like, you know, it was, it was an unfortunate situation. Some of the parents, hey, parents are just to blame, just as much to blame. You know, just like with the with the whole Michael thing, man, his parents, parents, come on, man. You know, Look, you, you, you are a father. I'm a father mm -hmm. of one, but I'm still a father. And mm -hmm. I won't even let my daughter go barely to her granddaddy's house. <laughs> so I'm sure not gonna let her go to my best friend's house. And I, he's my best friend. He's, she's not staying overnight. She's not staying overnight. So parents got to be in yeah. this too. They should they be got all to going to jail together. They they got to take they got to bear they got to bear a lot of responsibility a big part of responsibility because your responsibility as a parent is to protect your kid you know and so you know this it's like hey man I, I wouldn't you know I, I there's no way 
that I would, I have three daughters. I got four kids, my son and three daughters, man. And there's no way that I would let my daughters go stay somewhere like that. No way. My daughter is eight and if play dates happen, it's like daytime, mm-hmm. that's it. Night, <laughs> overnight stuff. I just, at this time of our existence, I'm just not doing the overnight thing unless it's absolutely a situation where she's older, you yeah. know, and we have a real relationship with the parties, but for the most part, as you mm-hmm. said, it ain't happening. It ain't happening. There's like, I mean, you know, all, all my kids are grown. They're all grown. So my my youngest, my youngest daughter is 26 now. And uh, my oldest is 42, man. Good Lord. Just 42. Good gracious. She was 42. <laughs> hey. I didn't I honestly did not know your age until I looked it up um right before I we we talked. Even before we started recording, I looked it up, you know, when we was talking. I was like, whoa. Yeah. I did not think you were in your 66 at all. 66, man. I'm proud, proud of it. It's like it took me a while to get here. You know, it took a lot of craziness and stuff to get here. But but you know, I mean, it's like, but when my daughter started. Uh, car dating, you know, going on dates with car and, and with cats, <laughs> with <cars. Right. laughs> you know, man, I had to have the, the license plate number. I had to have hit a picture of his license number, uh, a driver's license, uh, uh, um, like, you know, uh, his mom and dad's phone number, mom's phone number, whatever the configuration is, all that. My, my daughters would be at the time, they would be kind of embarrassed, but you know, I said, I'm not going to be that one. I'm not going to be that one. You don't show up here when you're supposed to show up here. And then the police, I got to call the police. The police are going to come. Uh, do you know the guys? No, I don't. Do you know where they were going? Uh, no, I don't. No, I was not going to be that nigga. I'm not going to be that one. Okay. You know? Okay. <laughs> you know, I'm going to know what the deal is. Later on, you know, uh, in their older and their older years and stuff, they they appreciated it. You know, it was like, you know, it was they understood what I was talking about. Especially my oldest daughter now, who's the only one that gave that has two of my grandkids. She understands, you know, uh, stuff because some of the stuff that she put on me, you know, she's going, she'll, she'll they'll put it back on you too. Exactly. So. <laughs> I'm telling my daughter that right now. I'm like, just keep living. Yeah, yeah keep living. That's all. Keep that's living. all you gotta do, Carl. You just keep living. You're gonna come across all kind of stuff, you know. So yeah, man. But um, but with that whole thing, man. Like I said, for me, the main thing is, you know, hopefully, you know, he's. I don't know what what the Lord has in store. I but believe me, he does have something in store for, for uh, Robert, for R. Kelly. And, um, you know, I don't know what it is. Don't claim to know what it is. So my thing is to just, mm-hmm. you know, stay out of it in that sense. Yeah, you Kelly know. Price said something um, the other day. She was saying how, and I agree with her. She said, the, the parents and the people involved in the culture 
were just as guilty as R. Kelly. And I think people don't talk about that. We're mm -hmm. so easy to just point the finger at you, it was you, mm -hmm. as opposed to going, well, you know, R. Kelly can't do this unless he has willing participants. Yeah. There's no way you can, you know, I can't be a cokehead unless there's cocaine on my table right now. Mm -hmm. you know I mean? yeah. Somebody's got to supply it and then they've got to be consistent. And it's got to be something that's so consistent that we know other people that's going to bring the coke. And then where did it come from? Like, it's a whole process. You don't just stand here and then all of a sudden coke just exists. So it's the mm -hmm. same with R. Kelly. I think that it's, it's important that we also, um, as you said, uh, keep in mind that there were other parties at play. And so they should be held accountable just as much as R. Kelly. So Dude, when, when I when I watched that uh, surviving R. Kelly thing, you know, uh, that they did, there was a scene in there where the mother and father were standing outside. Yeah, so they had, they had some They had some pebbles that they were throwing up. Man, that would have been that. That would not have been pebbles. It would have been bricks. <laughs> hey, I can't say it, but you know, you know what I'm saying. No, I ain't want to say that, but there would definitely have been bricks. It wouldn't have been no pebbles. It would have been like, bam, you know, uh, uh, windows shattered out and stuff. Okay. You know, it was, it was, it was, it was crazy. It was crazy. You know, well, I was just like the whole thing with, uh, you know, with Michael and stuff. It, the parents, some of the parents have have uh, have just as much, you know, are, are just as guilty as, you know, as as the whole situation. I used to, I used to, because I produced uh, way back in the day, I produced a couple of songs on on the Toya's first and only album. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and we used the, um, we used the, uh, um, uh, the Havenhurst studio a lot, you know, when, when I was recording with her. And there were times, man. And for people that don't know, that's the, the main house of the Jacksons. Just mm -hmm. so people don't know. Yeah, Havenhurst, it's on Havenhurst in, uh, in, uh, in Encino, California. And so, like, they have a studio, a whole studio on the back that they built. And um, so we use that a lot. I used to, at the time, at the time, my daughters were like six and eight or seven and five or something like that <clears throat> and um I, I would take them with me to the to the to the sessions you know to the and not all the time but every once in a while I'd take them to the with me to the sessions and Michael and Janet you'd come down and, and grab them and and they would I wouldn't see them until it was time to you know time to time to split but you know they be in the pool, they be, you know, hanging out in the house, the whole thing. I get, you know, nothing, nothing ever went down. They, they, right. they went, you know, I know that they, the way my kids are. They would have told. <laughs> <laughs> they would have told, they would have said, at, at least at some point it would have come out. Like, you know, well, you know, dad, when we were, nah, nothing like that. They were, they were devastated when, um, when uh, Michael passed, because you know they had this picture of him. You know, everybody else was talking about all the other stuff, mm -hmm. but they had this picture of Michael and 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 Janet and everybody. So, you know, it's it's that's different kind of stuff, man. It's crazy. Top five. What are your top five gospel singers? 
Oh, wow. Sam Cooke. Uh, uh, James Cleveland, when he was like, you know, um, uh, when he was alive. Uh, Sam Cooke's passed too. It's like, I don't know, boy. Because oh. I, I, don't, I don't really listen. You got two, right? Uh, the lead singer, I forget his name, but he was the lead singer of the of the Volunaires. He had the high voice, man. I used to love that cat. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, you yeah. way back. Yeah, I forget his name. Uh, there was a group, a gospel group called Pilgrim Jubilees. Okay. And, um, you know, <clears throat> Cleve, the two lead singers were these cats, Cleve and Clay. One of them, one of them was, uh, Mickey Howard's Mickey Howard's dad. I didn't know it at the time, but later on, Mickey told me that when he, such when he passed away, you know, she told me that that was her dad. It was either Cleve or Clay that was her dad. But um, and then uh, um, 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 Yolanda, Yolanda Adams. I love okay. her. I love her stuff. I love her stuff. Yeah. Top five R and B singers. Marvin, Donnie, of course, Stevie. Um, when we talk about stuff now, more current. Love Bruno Mars stuff, you know. He's a beast. And, uh, he's a beast. Huh? I say he's a beast. He's a beast. He's serious. I mean, yeah, serious. You know that that high, that high uh, natural man is like killing me all the time, right? And uh, and then. Um, uh, I think about the last one. Um, Shante. Shante. Yeah. yeah. Shante. All right. Cool. Yeah. Top five uh, favorite places that you visited when you toured? Mm. Marbella, southern tip of, uh, of, uh, of Spain. I could, I could live in Marbella. I could live there, you know. Um, uh, why my bear? Why 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 my bear? Well, for one thing, it's more like all year round California weather. It's, it's better. It's better weather than we even have here. We have great great weather here, you know. And and then when you want to, you know, you want to you know, just hang. You take a take a um, a thirty minute, you know, uh, ferry ride across. The, the straight and you go right into Morocco, you know, you're right in Africa. And I could, you know, all the places I used to say that I could live in a, in Italy, but I, I really couldn't live in Italy because it gets cold. I don't like the cold. That's why I oh, left Ohio, you know, okay. I don't like the cold, you <laughs> okay. know. But um, other places, uh, Italy, um, um, Lake Como, Como in Italy, um, New Orleans, I love New Orleans. Oh yeah, yeah. New Orleans is a great thing. I always thought about New Orleans in a romantic thing. I don't know why, because when you're on Bourbon Street with them with those hurricanes, ain't nothing romantic about it. <laughs> I wrote a song, <laughs> but, but I wrote a song that had you know put, uh, uh, portrayed it as this real romantic thing. I I I really I really think about it. I know why like we can't talk about that on here. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> but uh and then that was four right uh -huh. uh and the other place is mm, 
Stockholm. I like I like oh. I like uh, Scandinavia. Scandinavia is good good there. Well, I, I won't say Sy. I'll say I'll say Oslo. Oslo, Norway. Okay. I, yeah. Top five favorite foods. Wow, that's a hard one because I I don't I, a lot of times I don't really eat to really you know enjoy. You're not enjoy a food. That. Yeah, I'm not a fan. Not right. at all. So you, I, you eat to stay in shape and you eat to, to travel. So yeah. then, that's a good question. Top five travel food, because traveling and eating is different from home eating. Yeah, we have travel. Uh, chicken wings. Okay. Love chicken wings. <laughs> I got it's protein, it. it's protein, it's protein. <laughs> the bad stuff, the bad thing, but I try and stay away from it as much as possible as I french fries uh, french fries are a weakness too man it's like yeah. that's why i stay i try and stay far away and so but mcdonald's french fries cold blood okay mean, <laughs> those, those uh those waffle you know chris cut chris cut french fries and uh what is it carl's jr i think it is or or, or jack in the box but i stay i stay far away from those the but curly fries huh you mean the curly fries or the waffle what, fries? Uh, yeah What's name is the curly fries? Uh Jack in the Box Jack has curly fries, I think. Huh? You mean you mean uh Chick-fil-A or Jack in the Box? No, I don't really dig. I don't really mess around with Chick-fil-A that much. Really? Yeah, I don't I don't, I don't see what the big thing is about Chick-fil-A. <laughs> you know, it's just like I I think I've been to Chick-fil-A maybe twice in my life. That's it, you know. Okay. But uh um so the curl, all the curl, crisp cut fries, waffle fries, curly fries, regular fries, just okay. fries. I, I, that's 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 a weakness. I try and stay away from it as much as possible. Um, Number three, sauteed spinach. Mm. I love sauteed spinach. The right way is is, is a great sauteed in some some garlic or whatever. I I, I love garlic. My dad, my dad. Uh, laid that whole uh, onion thing on me, man. My dad used to love onions, man. I love. I can eat. I can eat a red. I can eat pieces of the red onion raw. You really? Know? Yeah, man. It's, it's. I love it. I love it. So. Wow. You know. <laughs> so. Cause your dad. Yeah. Your dad. Your dad is African American. He. You know. He used to always say, "I'm a black man." You know, he he was a, he was a mail carrier, right? He, he he worked for the U.S. Post Office, so like I remember one day one day he came home, he was laughing, and and what had happened was it was a hot day, you know, in, in Ohio, and and uh, one of the people on his route said, "Hey, Mr. Hewitt, you are a white guy, white guy on his route. Hey, Mr. Hewitt, want to have a a glass of of uh, lemonade, right?" So my dad said he went up there and started drinking. You know, it sat down, and the guy said, "What do you think about all these Negroes moving into the into the neighborhood?" You know, and and he, he said, "Well, I, I don't have much to say about it." He said, "Cause I'm I'm one of those Negroes." <laughs> he said the cat. He said the cat turned five different shades of red. You know, and all that kind of stuff. And he, it just cracked him up. So you know, all our all our, our lives, uh, you know, my dad, he's he's a black man. He's a light skinned light skinned black man. Okay. My sister had me. My old sister, she's the historian and family and stuff. She traces stuff back. So she had me do the 
23andMe thing, right? Okay. Spitting the, spit the thing and right. send it in. And it traced my mom's, you know, heritage, which we had already known all the way back to uh, uh, Sierra Leone. Uh, 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 yeah, Sierra Leone uh, in Africa. And Africa. yeah, uh, Guinea-Bissau right there, all that stuff. Sierra Leone, yeah, Sierra yeah, Leone. Yeah. And, and um, um, but my dad traced his, some of his heritage got traced back to Spain. And I guess that's why I always had this, thing this, this uh, thing, yeah, for Spain. I, cause I, I had this thing for Spain before I even did that, wow. you know? So I guess that's why I have my, you know, attraction to Spain part of it, you know? So, yeah, so yeah, but he, my dad passed, my, my dad passed when I was like 26, 26 years oh, old. Okay. Yeah, that was my boy. We, yeah, that was, my, that was my, not my boy, that was my man. Cause man, they, we were really tight. Really cool. How did he feel? How did he feel about your success? Was he excited, happy for you, or what? Man, my dad used to tell because when I first got out here to L.A., man, I touched down LAX with thirty-four dollars in my pocket. Seriously, you know, and and my cousin had called me. He said, "Man, you got to come out." You know, I met this girl. She has a two-bedroom apartment, and her her roommate will love you. <laughs> you know, and so right. And so I paid for my one-way ticket, man. And long story short, when I got out there, got, uh, I got out here, it was like, I had about 34 bucks left since, you know, uh, after paying for my ticket and stuff. And and so that started my whole thing with me and my cousin, because it was me and my cousin for about eight months, eight, nine months or so. To this day, when I see that boy, when I see my cousin, he lives in uh, Manhattan Beach, I think still now. But uh, <clears throat> when I see him, when we see each other, we have to laugh for about 10, 15, 10, 15 minutes before we can even have a decent conversation because we started thinking about all the stupid, stupid stuff we did back in the day, you know, and, and had no money. I had, but I had a ball, man. I had no money. We're taking the bus in L.A., living in uh, Inglewood. And I remember this cat told us we were helping him. It was a friend of my uncle's, so my, my cousin, my cousin's dad, my uncle Joe. It was a friend of his. He asked us to come over and help him do some yard work, right? So we're over there and we're doing this yard work and complaining about not having no money. And 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 uh and uh uh the dude said he said something stuck with me forever, man. He said, he said, you know what? He said, it's a lot better you guys being broke in this sunshine than being broke back there in all that snow, you know? <laughs> and I said, all I, all I can say is, that's true. That's, that's, that's true. true. That's true. true. So, so I if think- you're homeless, If you're homeless in, on Venice Beach, it's not the same type of homeless as being in uh, Tupelo, Mississippi. <laughs> I know. Exactly. I got, I was in the city, I was in the city yesterday, um, uh, in LA yesterday, and, and they got a lot of tent cities up there now, you know, because, because of the pandemic and stuff, a lot of people are on, on the street, but it's a lot different than, you know, being on the street, like in, in Akron, Ohio, or, yeah. or Midwest, or East Coast, and all that kind of stuff, you know, 
So, so what was the other? Oh yeah. Did so, um, so number three best favorite food, and it can't be onion. So number three. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was sauteed spinach. Okay, French fries. So two more. And and uh, yeah, and um, chicken wings, sauteed spinach, French fries, and um, let's see. Mm. Wow, I, I love a. I when I when I eat it again, another thing I stay away from. I love a good apple pie a la mode. You mm. know, that's you know, I I'm not a dessert, a real big dessert person, but right. you know, if I if somebody still, somebody's offering me an apple pie a la mode, some vanilla ice cream. Oh, if they man, twist I'm, your arm, you might taste it. Twist it, I might. I'm I just might. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, let's see, last, uh, wow. Food is really hard for me because like I said, I, I don't I don't really, uh, you know, look at it that way. You know, I look at it more fueling my body. Right. Uh, and um, mm, I guess my, I might say at, at some point, I don't, I don't eat a lot of pasta now either, but at some point the angel hair, angel hair pasta with, uh, uh, with a red sauce, you know. With See, this is this is why you're not a foodie because you like all the fat and stuff. <laughs> I know, man. You like all the fat and stuff. <laughs> That's why I stay I stay far away from it, man. It's like, oh, I could I'll eat it. You know, you get next I'll thing, eat it. Man. Next thing you know, you're gonna tell me uh bread is your next thing you like. <laughs> well no, I, I cut I cut a lot of bread out. I just I just actually started incorporating bread back into my into my uh, diet of the past uh, year or so. You know, okay. I had I had cut it all. I cut it out completely, basically. You know, uh, for a while because somebody told me one time. I said, "Well, well, what does bread do? It rises. So when you eat bread, it's going to rise in your stomach." <laughs> And so, like, you know, so like I, I stopped, I stopped really messing around with bread a long time ago. I mean, I, I, I do now because I found some bread that's like low in uh, carbs. It's more grain, more grain bread, I guess. Grain, grain, but even grains can be kind of crazy sometimes. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, but there's a, there's a, a specific bread that, you know, is low in, in carbs because it's carbs. It's carbs that you that you're trying to stay away from, you know, keep it as low as possible. What kind of bread is it? Sprout? Is it spelt? Huh? Is it spelt bread? What kind of bread is it? Oh no, it's got it's got this. I I found just found that this particular bread a few days ago. It's called Carb Master. Hmm. Carb Master bread. Okay. It's only like four grams of carbs in each slice, you know. Because that's, that's that's what you got to watch is the 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 carbs and and all that because carbs turn go directly into your into Fair. your bloodstream uh, blood system and and as sugar it turns mm -hmm. immediately into sugar into your blood uh, system so try and stay away from that as much as possible you know two final top fives your top five favorite um, things to do work because it's not really work to me you know uh spend time with my with my uh with the kids when we have when we when we all can uh spend time with my woman when i have a woman i, I love spending time <laughs> that's gonna be my last one that was gonna be my last question but i'm, I'm gonna hit that 
I'm gonna hit you with and, one punch at the end. <laughs> and then you know, I I love I love uh, you know ride driving. I love driving. You know, oh, yeah. in, in, the, in the middle of the pandemic in August, it was actually August uh, 2020. The walls were kind of coming down on me over here, so. I rented a car and just started driving. I ended up all the way on the East Coast, you know, and then turned around and drove back and by myself. So it was the most amazing ride and trip I've ever taken. It was beautiful. Really? Yeah, it was beautiful, man. Did you stop and get a hotel and- Yeah, I stopped, you know- uh, Sleep in the car, just sleep in the car. No, I never slept in the car. Okay. Because <laughs> I would, by time, you know, I, I, a couple of times I got a hotel you know, because you have to be really careful with that. You know, I had all my, I had my own sheets and everything. You know, oh, okay, when I, okay. I, I, I changed the sheets out, I'm putting my sheets on it, had my, uh, you know, wipes and, and all that kind of stuff, sprays. And and so, you know, and then, you know, a couple of times, like I when I first left, I, the first stop I made was uh, in uh, in Phoenix, you know, because I have, I have three of my sisters live in Phoenix. So, I spent the night over my uh, uh, over my younger sister's uh, house, and then there was one time I spent the night at a partner of mine. He and his wife uh, live in Oklahoma City, you know. So I, I stopped. I stopped there, and uh, but the rest of them were like, you know, going in hotels. It took me about took me about five days to get across, you know, and. Uh, you know, I, I never drove at night. I hate driving at night. And oh yeah, I, I stopped my son's house. My son at the time was living in uh, Nashville. So I stopped at his crib. So you drove and, and went back home and with no purpose. You just did the drive. Just drove. Wow. Just drove. Man, it, it was it was amazing. I, I had it all mapped out. My son, you know, he he mapped out the route, the route for me, you know, because he had he had taken a a uh, cross-country ride on his motorcycle, which was crazy. He was living in in uh, <clears throat> in Nashville, and he drove and he rode his motorcycle all the way here and all the way back. You know, oh, so, so he helped me map it out. You know, and and I would I wouldn't really particularly stop in different places because right. of the, because of the pandemic. You know, right. so right. so there wasn't a lot of places yeah, I, I really wanted to stop. I just wanted to drive. So right. You so know. you didn't really stop other than to get gas and that's about it then. Get gas, stay at the whole stay somewhere that at night. Because driving at night for me, I, I hate it. I don't like driving because it's not, you know, during the day there's a whole lot to look at. You're driving, you're looking at right. everything. And uh, but at night, you know, all you see are those little white lines. <laughs> and I'll, I don't like that. Right. <laughs> you know, the last thing you like to do, five. The last um, um, write. I like to write. You know, I'm I'm, you just I'm like writing. Work. Yeah, I like I love I love working. That's right. what I do. You know. Yeah, I'm putting together I'm putting together the chapters and stuff for for a book also for my book as well you know so it's like you know one of the chapters in my book uh, that i'm getting ready to write now is called you know because uh uh akron ohio used to be the rubber used to be the rubber capital of the world because all right. all the factories were there <clears throat> good year good rich everybody right. so like one of my chapters in the book is like pimps hoes music and the rubber capital of the world 
Wow. <laughs> That's a good chapter name. Yeah. Yeah. So like, you know, that there's a whole lot because Ohio, I had a I had a ball growing up in, in Akron, you know, but you know, it's like it it was it was like back in the day, Akron provided a safe place for me and my partners, you know, to explore and develop our music, you mm -hmm. know, because back then it wasn't about shooting and wasn't about, you know, people, you know, all the craziness that you're dealing with today. So, you know, it, it, it provided a, a safe place for me to, for me to do what I do. Favorite, um, your, your favorite out of all the marriages, your favorite marriage. <laughs> I'm going I'm to go, go with Mia Peebles. That's what I'm going to go with. <laughs> okay, all right. That's, that's, that's your reality. We'll go with that. <laughs> Look, my reality is jacked up, trust me. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, but, you know, just to say, all, all of them had their, had their you know, perks and, and the whole thing. I mean, uh, my first wife and I, we were together, you know, we got married and I was like, I was like 22 or something like that. So we were really young. So we, we stayed together long enough to have two beautiful girls, you know, right. my oldest daughters. And uh, we stayed together like four and a half years or something like that. And then, you know, Nia and I got married. We had my son, you know, and we stayed together about six years, somewhere around there. Then when Nia and I broke up, I did this two-year celibacy thing. Right. Mm -hmm. Where it's just because I, I started thinking about it and I, I realized, man, I, 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 I had a, I had had a girlfriend since I was in kindergarten. You know, Same I remember. Way. Yeah. Lynetta Jones was her name. Her name, Lynetta Jones, man, cute little brown skin, green eyed, yeah. you know, beautiful. So I said, I need to take a break. So I, I took about two years, just chill, you know, some of the most clearest thinking that I've ever done in my life and then about six when I came out of that about eight months after I came out of that that's when I met uh, Angie my second wife and I mean my third wife rather and so we ended up staying together like 15 16 years you okay know, so, that's cool you know so so it's a, but there were there were perks uh, on, on on all three on all sides of it <laughs> I just had to. I just had to mess with you. Well, I want to thank you for doing this, taking uh, your time out of your busy schedule to uh, talk to me, and um, I really appreciate you doing the, the, this episode. And I can't wait to see what you have uh, coming up in the near future. I can't read. Can't wait to read read the book. And when that book come out, I hope you come back and talk about it. Oh yeah, definitely. Just 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 invite. I'm 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 cool, man. We go come on anytime. I enjoy it. this. Is a, it's a good interview. I I I don't like bio energy interviews. You know what I'm saying? Where right. people just read the bio and right. then they ask questions from there. You know, then you go go research. You're gonna do right. some research because I'm because I'm gonna give as in depth answers as I can and honest answers as I can. Um, yeah, I don't, you know, just like when I, when I did the uh, unsung thing, you know, it was like the people came to me, I said, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to be honest. I got to be honest. There's no sense in doing it. No sense in committing to this type of thing. If you're not going to be honest about it and, right. you know, honesty, you know, 
like the like like the word says, the truth makes you free, you know, and right. uh, truth will make you free. If people some some people say the truth will set you free, but in order to set something free, like if I if I have a bird that's in a cage, and I'm gonna set that bird free, I gotta open the door, stick my hand in there, and yep. you know grab the bird or or sue the bird out to set it free. Yeah. But if I say uh, it'll make me free. I can be in any situation. I can be in prison and my mind is free. You know wow. what I'm saying? So it's like, it's a big difference. And, and, you know, about setting free and making free. And some, there's some versions of the Bible, you know, uh, you know, NIV version, you know, when they get into that kind of thing, some of that, that, that scripture, some of it says the truth will set you free, but there's other parts of it that go in more in depth and say the truth will make you free you know what i'm saying so the truth will make you free man. <laughs> yeah so i wanted to ask you before you take off if people want to uh, get in touch with you or keep in touch with what you're doing and all the things that you're uh, working on uh, how can they what's your handles what are your social media handles social media yeah you know every everything's about social media these days you know it's all about that stuff so um on uh on facebook I, I spend a lot of time on facebook because i do these things called facc dot 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 and life you know i started doing those in the beginning of the pandemic and the big beginning of the shutdown because you know just because we were shut down didn't mean that we had to be couch potatoes so, right <laughs> you know you know and so so like it, I, I made it was really important to, for me to get out and encourage people to to uh, walk, you know, at the beginning of the shutdown across country was, you know, like in April or so of last of, of 2020. So sunshine was all over, all over the country, basically going into spring and the, and the summer. So, you know, I do a lot of, like I said, on the Facebook, uh, Howard Hewitt Facebook fan page, you know, it's on, uh, uh, um, on uh, uh, Facebook. <laughs> So it's Facebook's yeah. Howard Hewitt fan page. Fan page. Make sure it's fan page. It's, it's, Howard Hewitt it's, fan page is all four words together. Yeah, yeah. Howard Hewitt and it's H E W E T T. Right. Not I T. They've been trying to get me to spell it I T T since kindergarten, <laughs> but I'm holding out. I ain't going. You know this H E W E T T fan page. You know so. You know, spend a lot of time on there. We have a good time. We have fun. We because FACC dot 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 in life means FACC is fresh air, cardio, conversation, dot dot dot, and all that leads to life, understanding, communication. So, you know, spend a lot of time on there. Um, on the on the um, uh, Twitter Twitter account is just a vocalist J U S T. A V O C A L I S T because and I got that when when uh when when Twitter first came out I wanted to see how it worked and that was before everything should have your name on it you know what I'm saying right. so so I did so George used to always tell me George Duke used to always tell me Howie I'm just I'm just a piano player man I'm just a piano player so I put just a vocalist that's that was my thing on on Twitter and um, on Instagram, IG is uh, Howard underscore Hewitt, H-E-W-E-T-T. -T. So if it's, 
and I got I got the 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 blue emblem check mark, you know, on on all three of them. So don't get bamboozled into some perpetrators out there trying to live their life through somebody else. So come on, <laughs> say that again. Mm-hmm. And those handles are up on the screen right now, guys. Uh, go check them out and join this page. Uh, and they're right here on your screen. They'll be up for a few more seconds as we close out the show. And again, I can't say and stress enough how grateful I am that you uh, did this episode. We've had some amazing guests, but this was one of my favorite uh, interviews because I learned a lot and we talked, you know what I mean? We had a real Mm -hmm. talk conversation. So I really appreciate that, man. Appreciate you, man. God bless you, man. And and blessings on everything that that you embark upon, my brother. You know, and I, I, I send that out to you, definitely.